The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, keeping yourself safe and what to wear this spring and summer. Welcome to ACB Reports for March 2012. Lynn Cooper has been busily scanning the resources of the Mirrors Project to provide spring and summer fashion news for ACB Reports. Here she is with her fashion report for ladies. We're going to look at women's ready-to-wear straight off the runway, the pages of fashion magazines here in the United States and in Europe for the spring and summer of 2012. I'm looking at a lot of color this season. Some springs and summers are very subdued, and my thought is that we're looking at a presidential election. There's a lot of hopefulness leading up to the spring and summer season and then eventually to the end of the year when we go from very subdued seasons and very subdued similar seasons a lot of times after a few years the designers like to shake it up. Once again, our disclaimer is that what I'm going to be talking about is straight out of the editorial pages. And those are the pages that show what is on the runway. Remember, listeners, the runway is drama and theater. What usually comes into the store is interpreted much more conservatively. I'm going to list a couple of the big major themes. Number one is lace. It's great because we have seeing it in handbags, in shoes, and scarves, and jackets, and shirts, and what have you. So there is a way for it to be inexpensively made a part of our look. Lace is not small, hanky kind of lace, but very big, bold lace in jackets, blouses, and what have you. And that's such a big look that it's shown in lower-end stores, Kohl's, Macy's, Target, it's one of those that is reinterpreted in a less expensive way. Florals are very big, like somebody would say, well, geez, duh, florals for spring and summer. Wow, what a surprise. These florals this year are primarily more realistic looking. It is photographic printing, if you will. So the florals we're seeing are not drawn. They really look as though somebody photographed them and printed the fabric. It is really beautiful. It looks in some cases that the dress or the blouse or the jacket is actually like a big bouquet of flowers in really bright colors. Another trend for women are paisleys. Paisley is the name of a pattern. It actually started in India many years ago. Paisleys were very, very big in the 70s. Imagine a comma with a narrow end and it curves up to a larger top. That is the shape of paisley, and then usually there's designs inside of that shape. That's very big, solid paisley blouses, dresses, what have you. Then another real look trend for spring and summer for women is track and field, as I'm calling it, but it's really athletic looks, and they're using athletic fabrics like neoprene, like what you would actually wear for a wetsuit in diving or surfing. A lot of stripes as part of this, very bold stripes. We're not talking little thin pin stripes. These are really thick stripes, one-inch, two-inch, three-inch stripes, navy blue and white, usually horizontal. Shimmer and sheen is another big look. All of these looks are shown for day and evening. Now, if we work in a conservative environment, 
the shimmer and sheen of these uh, fabrics, primarily gold, that seems to be the metal of the season, may not be appropriate for work day. But if you work in advertising or retailing or fashion-forward industry, you know, integrate some of these pieces into your look. They're done with sequins. They're done with metallic fabrics, which are actually fabrics that have kind of a metallic feel, or fabrics that have a sheen to them, like gold lame is one, or a lame fabric. And with technology as it is, there's so many different variations on this. And it's kind of fun. If you want to be hip, you can just put a little metallic shell under a jacket. You don't have to make a big investment because you don't want to spend a lot of money on these pieces that are more theatrical that you're not going to get a lot of use out of. Another look is African prints. These are the big, bold, very, very, very bright colored prints that are shown in Africa. On the runway, they were actually all mixed up. And when it's done, it sounds kind of wild, but it's almost a gypsy sort of a look, and it works. But you really have to make sure that you're wearing that strictly for casual because it is a bold statement. And we notice that in Africa and in our hotter climate countries and very sunny countries, usually you will see their ethnic prints being very bold colors. A very big look is the 1940s and 50s. What we're seeing is essentially Catherine Hepburn walking down the runway. Goodbye, farewell, toodaloo to the low-riding pants. They couldn't leave fast enough for me. <laughs> you know, they just were worn by, gee, maybe four women who were uh, 19 and weighed about that many pounds. And they really weren't appropriate for grown women, and nor were they really appropriate for work or for most people's lives. Pants are higher-waisted. And they're wide leg, just as I said, like Katherine Hepburn. So if you can imagine, the hairdo matches this. It's a very, very fun look. It's relatively versatile, uh, has a relatively long life, because eventually these pieces are going to come back, and they're not so fashion-forward that they will always have a life. As I said, the hair to match, the little sweet handbag worn over one's elbow, the very pretty, feminine, yet not too full of bells and whistles blouses, and the skirts. Now, skirts this season are either maxi skirts, which is the mid-calf, or they are to the knee. The micro-mini and the mini skirt, that's another bye-bye for the most part. And then another look is pure white. Now, some would say, gee whiz, wow, what a surprise, spring and summer pure white. But we're talking not off-white, Teeth white, snow white, really, really, really white. And these are usually done monochromatically. Mono meaning one, chromatic color. So if this is done, it's with white shoes, white pants, white bag, white blouse, white jacket. For many people's lives, it's tricky because the fact that one is going to step outside and probably get schmutz on this white. So we leave these pieces if we're partying or if we're going somewhere where we really don't expect to be traveling a lot in and out of buses, in and out of cars and cabs, because you may not be aware if we have a visual impairment that there is a spot on these light colors, and that is tricky because our observer's eye is going to go right there regardless. So if we do want to incorporate white, a white shirt, a white jacket, and then we go with a dark colored pants and still get some of the white look in. Peplums. Now, peplum is the word for a cut 
which is a very narrow, regular-looking jacket, but really body-hugging to the waist. It's usually buttoned up the front. And then imagine at the waist, it's like a big ruffle, but a big gentle ruffle. So down just past the hips will be this sort of big ruffle, and that is a peplum, P-E-P-L-U-M. Now, what that big ruffle does is it highlights one's hips. So once again, this is a big runway look. So if if one is going to invest in a suit for business or even just invest in something to wear for evening out to dinner, probably the peplum would not be the best bet unless you had a lot of funds and a lot of ability to just have fun outfits in the closet. Another big look is the 1920s, the Great Gatsby era, flappers and fringes and the Marcel waved hairdos. And, you know, when you do wear these vintage looks, it's really a good idea, if possible, to have the hair and the makeup go along with it. Next real big trend is the palest of pale pastels. And pastels refers to colors, but in a very grayed, white, subdued tones, just barely there. And now we're seeing them even lighter than before, even paler than before. Light blues and light yellows seem to be predominant. And then finally, a look that we can all more easily work into our wardrobes is neutrals. And that refers to skin tone fabrics, sand color fabrics, tan, khaki is one of them. Very, very easy to wear, uh, woven, you know, rattan, Hats and what have you, and straw is a big part of this. Straw handbags, straw shoes. Once again, even if we just incorporate a piece of this into our basics, a pair of neutral sand-colored trousers would be great. And we usually see brown leather accessories, not so much black uh, belts and bags and what have you, but more brown and tans. Uh, With regard to accessories, Mike, handbags are structured zip satchels, and they're actually called bowler bags, B-O-W-L-E-R, like a bowling bag. They're not overly big, but they are carried in one's hands or over one's elbow and clutches. So they're quite structured, but they're zipped. If you set it on the table, it's zipped from the left all the way over the top to the right. Not seeing a lot of shoulder bags. High heels are pointy. Ouch! kitten heels, which is that little teeny-weeny narrow heel, which is easier to walk in than certainly the large stiletto heels, but they often come with a very, very pointy toe. And not only are those bad for the feet, but if our feet don't look great, we've got kind of nubby, gnarly toes, it's probably not the best look. Oxford creepers, as they're called, and that term is from the 1950s punk rockers in the UK, because they actually are Oxford Shoes. Now, this is a look for men and women. Oxford lace-up, which refers to lace-up shoes. They're flats. But imagine the sole is about a two-inch platform or a flat form, as it's called. And they get their name creepers because those are often in contrasting colors, like you might have a brown lace-up Oxford top, and then the sole might be striped horizontally or it might be a bright contrasting color. And the creeper's name comes from the fact that you could creep up on somebody because they're foam soles. Another look is the mule. And the mule simply refers to a sandal, usually a high heel or a wedgie, where there is no strap. 
gravity just keeps you in there. Those are a little tricky to wear, but it is a big look. We're still seeing some platforms, Mike, especially in wedge sandals, and we are seeing high heels. We can always wear the flats. There's no problem whatsoever. The ballet flats, which is a very simple, they're everywhere from $10 up to 500 But high heels are also being shown, and I'm noticing less of a platform under the uh, toe part of the shoe, which makes it a little harder to wear. Hair and makeup, as we bring women's to a wrap, hair and makeup. Hair, I noticed on the runway, long and tousled with a side part. Or it's swept back with product, as they say, which is a tonic or a goop to give it a wet look. Or, as I said, for the 20s, 40s, and 50s look, a very vintage style. Uh, Then we also have a new look in makeup. And what I'm noticing again and again on the runway, no matter what look was shown, aside from the very bright African prints, there was little or no makeup. Now, there was a lot probably of makeup on the face, but it gave the appearance. And once again, it's how we appear to people. Uh, a natural, minimal makeup. It's a clean face look with light lips, light eyes, and cheeks. So just a little bit of blush, a little bit of lip gloss, and you're out the door. So that is our look for spring and summer 2012 at Women's Ready to Wear right out of the fashion magazines. Lynn will return next month with spring and summer fashion news for men from the Mirrors Project. Meanwhile, if you have a question about your personal image, appropriate dress for a given situation, or a related subject, Lynn is preparing a question and answer segment for ACB Reports. Submit your question by going to the contact link on her website, lynncooper.us, or contact the National Office of the American Council of the Blind, and your question will be forwarded to her. The phone number for that office will be given at the end of this program. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Dr. Wendy David is a clinical psychologist with the Veterans Administration in Seattle. As part of a panel discussion of safety presented during the 50th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind, Dr. David explained a set of basic skills for being safe. One of the things I'm aware of both in our society at large and even here this week, I'm aware of a very prevalent feeling of perceived vulnerability. There's so much talk about how do you protect yourself and how do you not get stressed out and what do you do? And I think all of that is wonderful, don't get me wrong. But what I really want to impart is that we all have within us right now what it takes to live a safer and less vulnerable life. We can learn by just tuning into our own innate skills ways to hopefully keep ourselves safer so that we don't have to need protective techniques or physical defense or that sort of thing. If you do need them and you want to know them, by all means, I am all for learning. But I don't want people to leave this conference feeling that if you didn't get a chance to learn them or you don't feel like you've learned them well, that you're not going to be safe. There's a lot of talk and perhaps myth that blind people are more vulnerable to assault. I would like to suggest that anyone who perceives themselves as more vulnerable will be more vulnerable to assault. 
So if, in fact, you are blind and see yourself as vulnerable, it may come out in your body language and people may perceive you as an easy target. It's not necessarily the blindness because there's a lot of really great things that you can learn to do and already can do without learning just by being aware of them. I speak from personal experience. I've had some very scary experiences of being stalked. I was almost kidnapped and taken away in a car. So I really do know the fear. And I know what it took for me to get beyond it. And that was one of the reasons why I started studying the self-defense and vulnerability issues in people who are blind. And also then writing about it. Because do I feel I'm in danger? Well, as much as anyone else. Do I feel I'm vulnerable if I allow myself to and if I don't tap into my inner skills? But do I feel like a target most of the time? No, I don't. I feel like I try to lead a cautious life and I try to capitalize on what I bring with me every day. So what I want to do is talk to you briefly about six innate skills that each of us possesses that you have with you right at this very moment that you don't have to take a class to get or buy something to get. You have it. It's in you. And I'd like to remind all of us what these skills are because I think sometimes we forget them and we underplay them. First, remember that a perpetrator, in order to perform an assault, needs two things, needs a victim and needs an opportunity. By tuning into these six skills, you can deny either the victim or the opportunity, or hopefully both, and maybe never have to get to the point where you need anything beyond this. I came up with a little acronym to help you remember, and it's the word SAFETY, S-A-F-E-T-Y, six letters, that will correspond with the six skills that I'm going to talk about. The S for me stands for survival instinct. We are all mammals. We all have the instinct to survive. You know, if you look at animals in the wild, they don't go to self-defense classes. They trust their instincts. They sense things. They smell things. They feel things. They have voices inside of them that say danger or don't go there or stop. We have those too, but for some reason we've been taught to not listen to them. So I want to really encourage everybody to really trust your survival instinct, even if you don't understand where it's coming from. It's a gift that we all have and carry with us. The A stands for awareness. And awareness to me means being mindful of all of your senses in the present moment, internally and externally. So what's going inside your body, in your mind, in your gut, What's going on outside you, around you? Now, a lot of people think we have five senses. I would suggest that we may have six. We have the usual sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. But we also have one that I think is overlooked often and ignored, and that is intuition. That is our gut feeling about things that we don't always understand. We don't always have a name for it. And it doesn't always make sense to us. So what do we tend to do? Ignore it. And what I would really encourage all of you to do is to tune in to all of your senses. And when something feels amiss, when something doesn't sound right, when 
a door is ajar and you thought you had left it locked, or when a rug is not in the place that you had left it. Those are all awareness skills and gut-level skills and things that you can tune into to help you feel and be more safe. In our iPhone and data-driven environment, we do a lot of things to block our awareness. You know, we're always listening to something other than what's around us. We might be multitasking and doing 13 things at once. So take a minute every day and just be present with what's going on inside you and outside you and allow yourself to really tune in to your awareness. The third skill for the F of safety, I call it fake it till you make it. Perpetrators look for vulnerability. They look for people who feel scared, vulnerable, easy marks. And we can actually look that way in our body language by the way we walk, the way we stand, the way we talk even. So fake it. We teach self-defense to my women veterans at the VA all the time, and they don't want to make eye contact. And we say, look at their nose then. But you have to look like you're not scared. And it is hard. But you're acting. We're not saying you're not scared. But you act as if you're not. And I want to give you a great example. When my son was young, I wanted to get him his own pet because he knew that he couldn't have my guide dog. So we got him a cat. And the cat had been injured and been living inside the vet's hospital for about six months. So they had gone ahead and declawed the cat. So we weren't supposed to be letting the cat outside. Well, the cat really wanted to be outside. He didn't care. So we went out one day, and here's this cat sitting on the front lawn with a bunch of neighbor cats all around him glaring at him. And this cat is holding up his little tiny powder puff paw going, And I brought my son over and I said, see that? It's all in the attitude. Because the cat didn't have claws and he probably couldn't have defended himself, but he sure wasn't going to let on to them that he couldn't. And the other cat stayed away and gave him his space. So I've always thought of that image when I have to fake it till I make it. The E for safety is empowerment. Empowerment means give yourself permission to use your best available option that you have. So if your option is to learn new skills, to make different choices, perhaps your option is to say no or to not answer questions that might be invasive. Or perhaps your option is to decline help or ask for help if you need it. Sometimes you have to give yourself permission to even lie. That probably sounds unusual to a lot of people because we're trained to be nice. But I had a cab driver ask me once, can you see my face? I was not about to tell him, no, I'm totally blind and there's no way I could identify you. I said, yes, I see faces. He asked me, do I live alone? At the time, I did live alone. But was I going to tell him that? No way. There's lots of ways that we can answer questions to protect our safety. If you're really against lying and you want to kind of fudge it a little bit, practice these questions ahead of time so that when someone asks you these things, you will know. The T in safety is the one I really love the most, and that's called trust. Trust your sixth sense. Trust your gut. 
that little voice inside you. If you read accounts of people who had horrendous experiences, almost to the person, what they will say is, I had a feeling. I had a feeling, I just didn't listen to it. It's hard for us to listen to our feelings in this society because people want evidence. So a situation that happened to me at an ACB convention, I think it was about 15 or 16 years ago, I went to my room like I normally did. I opened the door, I started to step into my room, and all of a sudden, I felt like I was hit by a brick wall. My skin got cold, my hair on my neck stood up, I got all jelloy inside, and my stomach was churning. It happened just like that. I felt danger. Did I know if I was in danger? No, I didn't. Did I hear anything? No, I didn't. My dog hadn't even gotten into the room yet, so I didn't even have a chance to react. But I knew that I did not want to go into that room. So I went downstairs and I said to the front desk, I need someone to uh, come check my room. And he said, well, why? Did you see someone in there? And I said, no, I didn't. Well, did you hear something? No, I didn't. Well, what makes you think anyone was in there? I said, I had a feeling. He goes, look, lady, we're really busy. If you want someone to come check your room, then you're just going to have to wait. And I said, okay, I'll wait. And I did. And someone came up with me. And of course, at that point, everything was fine. And maybe it was earlier too. I don't know. But I had never had a feeling like that before. And truthfully, I haven't had one since. I did learn the very next day that there had been someone on my floor who was breaking into rooms. Now, I don't know if he or she was in my room or not. The worst that maybe happened to me was a little bit of embarrassment, but I can deal with embarrassment. Embarrassment won't kill me. So let me review. We have survival instinct. We have awareness, fake it till you make it, empowerment, trust. And the very last one, why, is yell. You notice I don't say scream. Yelling and screaming are very different things. Think of your child running out into the street in front of a car. Think of your dog being chased and you want another dog to stop. You want to yell as if your life depends on it, because it does. Yelling does several things to help you kick into action. The first thing it does is it draws attention. It forces you to breathe. If any of you have ever been in a fight or a confrontation, you know that sometimes it gets hard to breathe. Yelling forces you to breathe. It sets a very firm boundary. It says to the other person, I'm not an easy target. It also increases your adrenaline, so it gives you strength. And it reminds us that we have the right to be safe. Again, what's the worst that's going to happen? Embarrassment. I hope that these six skills, survival instinct, awareness, fake it till you make it, empowerment, trust, and yell, can help you realize that you are equipped with many, many skills and talents and techniques to stay safe. If you choose to go beyond and learn techniques, fabulous. If you choose to go beyond and carry different kinds of devices, wonderful. But I want everybody to know that they're doing it because they're choosing that option, not because you feel that's the only option that you have. 
Again, I want to encourage people, if you want to read more about this, it's all in Safe Without Sight, Crime Prevention and Self-Defense Strategies. There's also a chapter in my more recent book, Sights Unseen, Traveling the World Without Sight. I hope that this is helpful for you all. I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk today. Thanks so much. The books by Dr. Wendy David, Safe Without Sight, and Sights Unseen, Traveling the World Without Sight, are available in a variety of formats from National Braille Press. Visit nbp.org or contact the American Council of the Blind for additional information. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.